This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Welcome, everyone, to yet another episode of Diagnosing the Aftermarket A to Z. I am Matt Fonslow, and today I would like to openly wonder why we don't look at other skilled trades for how we handle our apprentices. But first of all, I'd like to thank our sponsor, Napa. How does Napa support your auto care center through national marketing? Napa will build upon the already successful Know How for All campaign and promote auto care offerings and services to our Do It For Me customer with support through sales driver promotions, optimized targeted media and local markets and improving channels. Give your repair facility an online presence on Napa Online, generating millions of views per month. If you're interested in partnering with Napa Auto Care and capitalizing on the Know How For All All National Marketing Campaign, Napa Know How For All National Marketing Campaign, contact your servicing Napa Auto Parts store. So I kind of ran into an interesting thread. Really, it was a Facebook group. And how something to the tune of about 80% of new people, and I want to say new people or apprentices rather than young people, because I don't know about you, I've been noticing a lot of green or new to the profession members gaining an age They're leaving um, a lot of the more white collar work, some blue collar, and choosing auto repair because I think the image is starting to change. The technology is obviously attractive. I don't think it's generally viewed like it used to be as being so dirty. The technician, the greasy overalls and the greasy hands and the dirty face, that's really not how we're seen as much anymore. I think that's... Uh, of great aid. I think also it's one of those things people feel like you're always going to need somebody to fix a vehicle. You're always going to need an auto mechanic. You're always going to need an auto technician. And then honestly, a few of them are, they wanted to learn how to work on their own vehicles and they went through a program and found it fascinating or they could have left school early for a job because they're in that much demand. So anyways, age aside, new people coming into the profession, and we are really driving them out. We're really running them out on a rail, almost as a whole. Whether it's dealerships or independents, we are really, really good at setting them up to fail time and time and time again. And I think about our profession versus other skilled trades. And the ones that kind of pop into my head, of course, is carpentry or construction, electricians, plumbers, HVAC, they kind of have either systems in place that I don't know that, you know, like the business owners when they're setting up their businesses and they're bringing people on that they've got this SOPs all lined up for how they're going to handle new people. I don't know that it's really that. I'm sure some do. I don't think it's that as much as cultural. I think it's just the way it's always been and probably predates schooling. You want to become an electrician. You know an electrician. He needs help. She needs help. They hire you on as an apprentice. And that means you're the grunt. And you might start out hauling tools and hauling parts, you know, whatever, you know, tubes or uh, whatever, you know, pipe, uh, holding stuff up, holding a flashlight. You might do that for a while and gradually 
you're going to watch and learn. You're going to do and learn. They're going to have you do more and more. And that's how you learn to become an electrician. You worked under somebody or somebody's or on a crew. I have an uncle who worked for a very, very big construction company. Like they helped build airports and skyscrapers. And just before I got into this profession at all, I just remember him talking about, you know, like holidays, how young people coming in, they would work on the crew for a little while. And then one of the, you know, whatever their position was, one of the journeymen, uh, one of the other carpenters would walk over to the manager, the foreman and say, Hey, you know what? The new guy, the new gal kind of, kind of like working with them. I'll, I'll take them under my wing. Uh, or maybe not even worded that way. More like, ah, you know what? I need a lot more help over here. Uh, I'm going to take, you know, the FNG and they would work under that person for a while and learn that job, that skill. We don't really do that. If they come out of school we generally throw them on the lube rack, tires, something Tim Izzy uh, on an episode of Town Hall Academy with Carm uh, and Ryan Coyman discussed. That's something as important as an oil change or tires, meaning if something goes awry, something goes wrong, um, the repercussions to the vehicle owner and the shop are high, uh, yet they've been commoditized and we sell them with very thin margins typically, and we strand often the least experienced person in the shop on those. You know, I understand using it as a a bit of a proving ground. Can you show up on time? Can you show up consistently? Can you do the job, take it seriously, get better at it? Because it's, you know, usually an oil change isn't just the oil change, run it in, dump the oil, spin a filter on, fill it up and run it out. Usually there's an inspection involved as a service and get good at Doing inspections is extremely valuable to any shop and wildly underappreciated, I would argue. But we throw them on there and I don't think we give them a good feel for a five-year plan, a 10-year plan, a career plan. What am I going to do? How do I see myself here over the course of my career? And they may have some dreams. They may have some ideas. Uh, we do squat to um, give them an idea of how attainable these things are or what is the path to attaining these goals and uh, satisfying some of these dreams. And um, just, I don't really understand it. Uh, I don't understand, especially now where it seems like vehicle owners are spending money on their cars like never before. The labor rates are going up with much less pushback. We are able to start creating the profit margins and the profit levels we need to not only compensate our veterans, the the ones that, you know, have been in here, they're earning it, right? I think that's generally accepted. The ones who deserve it should get it and, and hopefully now are more and more are and the ceilings are getting moved up. But now we got to think about the future. And how do we keep people? And one of those is keeping this young people and flipping this 80% stat upside down where it's maybe a 20% attrition rate. I mean, we're not the freaking Navy SEALs. It's auto repair. We need the help and we need to put people in a position to succeed. And we, 
I think one of the big issues is, is I am not familiar with too very many repair shops that are set up in such a way that you can hire somebody either completely green, meaning, you know, I don't want to insinuate somebody coming out of school is not green, but I mean, no schooling. They have maybe some experience with dad or grandpa or mom working on the car, neighbor, super green, or the green coming out of school. We don't really team them up with a crew or a mentor. We do not set up any type of a mentoring program in our businesses. Our idea of mentoring, it seems like, is throw them on the lube rack, have them do some tires. Here's the uh, username and password to get onto these training sites. There you go. We're mentoring you. If you have any questions, you know, ask during break. The, the reasons for this are, or not, I don't know about reasons, but some of the contributing factors, uh, our shops are not are that some shops are not set up to not punish a veteran tech, a mentor tech from having somebody under their wing. Uh, Meaning if there's production bonuses, now they are losing money to help bring this person along. That doesn't usually make a whole lot of sense. That's asking an awful, awful lot of somebody. I think there just has to be, you know, a sit down. I think everybody's got to sit down and get on the same page. It, helps everybody in the facility to bring in new people, lower the turnover rate, you know, as much as possible. Bring on techs that we can show them the way we want to do things and just now create the next generation. And then they can help create the next generation. I think we have to do that by following suit with some of our other skilled trade colleagues, if you will. Are you a repair shop owner? Do you find yourself struggling with any of the following? Uncertainty about the future and competition. Are you spending too much time managing chaos and struggling with new employees? Do you lack time to invest in learning best practices or there's no time to spend on effective marketing? How do your finances look? Are you reactive rather than proactive? Do you know where you should be, when to grow, when to shrink? If any of those situations describe where you are today, you are finally in the right place. Repair Shop of Tomorrow is Napa Auto Care's newest endorsed partner. They are helping shops all over the nation run more profitable automotive repair shops by utilizing proven business best practice marketing and coaching to leverage Napa programs to drive quality, car count, sales, and profits. Repair Shop of Tomorrow will look at productivity, efficiencies, effective labor rate, average hours per car, labor profit percentage, measure and manage labor, and how you can create net profit. Team up with coaches to create systems, operations, and procedures using a business flowchart to help you reach your goals. Repair Shop of Tomorrow will help measure and manage the results to help each business succeed. Best of all, it's not do-it-yourself. It's all done for you. Their goal is to help dealers do what they do best, fix cars and build relationships at the counter and in the community. Repair Shop of Tomorrow will take the other minutia off your plate. The Repair Shop of Tomorrow offers a tier-based program to not only generate more business today, but to transform your shop into a top-level shop of tomorrow. Repair Shop of Tomorrow can teach you how to make your shop profitable. They can teach you how to recruit and how to make more labor dollars for your shop. Interested in Repair Shop of Tomorrow? Call 440-545-1230 for a free 20-minute no-obligation consultation 
or contact your servicing Napa Auto Parts store. We set up a situation somehow, some way in our shops that allow somebody to spend a while under somebody. So maybe I'll pick on our shop a little bit because we do kind of specialize under the umbrella. We have somebody that really all they do is uh, oil changes, tires, you know, if you will, see level work that can spend some time with them learning how to do an inspection. What are we looking for? How are we looking for it? How are we looking up what oil to put in? Usually, you know, our shop service advisor does a lot of that, but honestly, they could spend a little bit of time with the service advisors. How do we find this out? And little tricks, what to keep your eye open for, eyes open for. Then we have kind of, I would say, uh, undercar. Yeah, I would classify them kind of undercar. Steering, suspension, alignments, slightly more involved repairs. You know, maybe if you would say B level, CB level. And, you know, I'm not trying to be very distinct with that because I know it's a kind of a dicey definition to use. Spend some time with them. And by time, I'm thinking not like a few days, maybe months, maybe months. And then they go with the heavy line guys. We got a couple of heavy line that they're the ones taking apart, pulling engines, pulling transmissions, timing chains, belts, water pumps. The, you know, I'm thinking for the most part, speaking to the choir here, you know what I'm saying. I think a lot of times they would enjoy the help. And then it's just more learning, more learning. Uh, and then after that, hang out, you know, in our shop, I guess, with me and the electrical diagnostics, programming, ADOS calibrations, keys, stuff like that. And then you kind of figure out where they shine. Uh, and maybe they need to go back to the uh, heavy line guys for a while, or maybe got to go back to the undercar or maybe, you know, get brushed up on it and they're put on put on the line where they're now kind of servicing things rather independently, um, but hopefully have a rapport now with everyone that they know who to ask about what, and you find out where their passions are and where their skills are. You know, unfortunately that's a, that's a thing. You can be very, very passionate about one area uh, of service, but your abilities may not allow you to do it professionally. Not saying that uh, you shouldn't be able to improve those capabilities, but it might take some time. And um, we do have to make money. After a while, everybody's got to be pulling their weight. And I don't think I've ever really seen that. I know a couple shops, they have something similar to that, but I don't think it lasts nearly as long. Uh, I think the uh, GM ASAP program is supposed to work somewhat similarly to that. And maybe other car line manufacturers for their training is something similar with like T10 that they go to school for a month or a couple months and then they go work in the dealer and they should be working on the system or area of repair that they were just in school for and shadowing and stuff like that. We do need to adopt something like that. We got to put people in a position to succeed and not necessarily learn strictly by their mistakes, trials by fire, but it's going to be the entire business. The entire business culture has to change. Everybody has to kind of buy into it a little bit. 
uh, or a lot of it, you know, how are we going to pay for this? Because we're essentially saying salaries are going up. Wages are going up. We got to compete with the Walmarts and the Targets and the Home Depots and McDonald's now. And the, their pay hourly rates are going up. I don't want to sound disrespectful, but some pretty low skilled uh, tasks, pretty low skilled careers. We're asking them to come in and learn skills to make them valuable. And we, so unfortunately, we're going to have to lay out a little bit of money. I am not a big fan of the instant gratification. I am not a big fan of entitlements. I would love to see more young people or people coming into something realizing that they are not bringing a whole lot to the table, that they're not bringing a whole lot of value. Therefore, they are going to have to start out on a lower rung with the idea that as they prove themselves with attitude and aptitude and they can learn and you know fill the, fill the needs, uh, the requirements of the job, that they will also move up. And then whatever the highest rung was going to be, at this place that's going to start them out at a higher rung will be blown out of the water. So you're going to start out maybe a couple rungs lower, but you can end up many, many, many rungs higher. And I, I just don't know many people that think that way. It's a hard sell for us uh, or anyone. And, you know, re- the reality is, is um, the other skilled trades, they're starting them out at the higher wages too, because they need, they need people. And we have to, st- figure out how to get those profits up. That's going to be a team effort. The entire machine uh, of our businesses is going to have to increase profits to be able to shoulder, depending on the size of the facility, one, two, or more green apprentices who are not going to really generate anything. They are going to be, I mean, maybe for lack of a better term, Dutch might beat me up a little bit on this, deservedly so they might be a cost of doing business for a little while until we can build them and give them a chance to hopefully blossom into a a productive employee. I just don't think, I think we're just skipping all that. We don't even give them the chance. The ones that can make it uh, either are too stubborn to quit, too scared to quit. But when they do, they quit and they really, they don't stick in the profession. They do not leave us and go work for another shop or, you know, us, as a profession, most of the shops, they're out. They're out. And that doesn't bode well for the future by doing that. Our, the average age has been climbing. It used to track with my age. Now it is much higher than my age, which is crazy to think about how that's happening, that we're just asking people to stay on longer and longer. And young, young people are bailing, causing that age to shoot up because a lot of us that have been in it for, you know, 20 years, you just can't even imagine doing anything else. Even if you're dreaming about doing something else, you just can't picture yourself doing it. Uh, and hopefully we're changing that. Just hopefully as a whole, we're making it so there's less of that dreaming about doing something else. That's like, okay, I'm being treated pretty darn well now. Things are getting so much better. But now we need to lay the groundwork and, you know, pave those paths for those apprentices to follow, to reach success. And their success means our success. And I think that's how I will, how I will end this 
Thank you very much for listening. I very, very much appreciate it. Don't hesitate to reach out to me via social media or email me at mattfonslopodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much to Napa for sponsoring and thank you so much to the Aftermarket Radio Network for your guys' support. And I look forward to the next one. Until then, take care. You've been listening to Matt Fonslow diagnosing the aftermarket A to Z on the Aftermarket Radio Network. Follow Matt on your favorite listening app. He's very interested in what you have to say. Let him know what you'd like him to cover and come on the show. Matt is all for advancing the aftermarket. Find Matt Fonslow on social media and connect or on aftermarketradionetwork.com.